One of the greatest transformations in my motherhood over the last 12, goodness, 13 years, actually, because I'm going to be talking about birth is my philosophy of birth and my journey of how God brought my different babies into the world, into our family. And I'm so excited today to share with you my birth stories. This is such a fun way to have a conversation today because I'm actually going to be turning the table. So I am my own guest. Hello. So glad to be here as the guest. And I have brought a new friend with me on to be my interviewer, since that's kind of the format of our podcast here. Her name is Caitlin Fusco. And I met her because I was a guest on her podcast called the Happy Home Birth podcast. And she has this podcast. that's all about home birth. So I went on specifically to talk about my birth journey and how the Lord brought me home to having home births. And I thought I should bring this story to my listeners. This is an important part of who I am. And I would love to share this journey with these other moms of how God brought my babies into the world and how he changed and grew me in the process. So I'm excited to introduce you to Caitlin though. She's so dear. She has two children. They are five and two. And you can find her online. Her website is myhappyhomebirth.com. And her Instagram is Happy Home Birth Podcast. And if you enjoy the story of my births, I know that you will enjoy listening to her podcast as well. Caitlin was a midwife assistant. And when her oldest was a toddler, she realized that there were really not enough resources out there for moms wanting to pursue home birth. So she said, I'm going to create something and I'm going to make this a more open conversation for moms who are interested in this. So she created a resource called the happy home birth Academy, and you can find out more about that also on her um, website. If that's something that you're interested in. So I'm excited to allow you to get to know me a little bit better. And maybe it's just like we're friends sitting and having a cup of coffee together and getting to share the stories of the births of my baby. I'm so glad you can be here. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, it is such an honor, Krista. I'm super excited to be able to come onto your show and really delve into your birthing experiences and how they have shaped your motherhood. Yes. Thank you so much. This is going to be a super different way of doing a podcast for me, but I think it's fun to flip onto the other, other seat of the interview conversations. So I'll let you just go ahead and take the reins and go for it. All right. I'm super excited. And and for those of you who don't know, this is really cool because I actually got to interview Krista on my podcast as well. So we're flipping it and coming onto her podcast so that you guys can really hear the transformation. It's it's so amazing. And I think we all know that that whatever our birth story is, it is a time of transformation. So getting to delve into your story, Krista, is going to be super exciting. I know that all of your listeners are going to love this. So I'd love it if we could just start from the beginning. What was it like when you first got pregnant? What were, what were your expectations and how did that play out? Oh my goodness. That feels like so long ago. I can't believe it's been like over a dozen years. That's <gasps> wild. Um, 
Well, I was so excited to be pregnant. I was so hopeful. And I look back at the pictures and I just feel like I look so young and so innocent of life. It's so such a sweet early time in life. And I knew that I wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to be a mom. I was the kind of kid who pretended to be pregnant, you know, put my dolls in my dress and all of that. And so it was very a natural excitement of a next step in life for me to get to be pregnant. And I have always leaned towards wanting to do things more naturally. I guess you could say, I feel like even the story of what does that look like and how has that grown is its own whole journey. And like, when I look back at what natural looked like to me, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago is very different than it does now, but, but the idea of having a birth unmedicated, I never had gone through procedures at hospitals or been one to be on medication or even regularly using pain medication for myself. I've always wanted to know what's my body feeling, what's actually going on in my body and why does it feel that way? And what do I need to do about it? And so for me, birth was just the next step in that, because if I was doing things to either change my pain level or planning different procedures or processes that would change whatever my body was naturally doing would feel kind of out of control to me because I wouldn't actually be knowing what was going on with my body. And I also, as a believer felt like I had this philosophy that God designed my body to give birth. And if God chose to create, you know, man and woman to make babies and make life in this way, I wanted to be able to be part of that process and not have anything else get in between myself and that process. And so my plan was to have an unmedicated birth. Now, I also have heard all of the stories as I think everyone has about, oh yeah, sure. That sounds great. It's, you know, good idea, but we'll see how it actually goes when the time comes. So I got, got books. I think the same books, like what to expect when you're expecting like every first mom's books, you know, that you read the little section. Cause this was also before I had a smartphone of course, but I didn't like have apps. Like now people like, Oh, do you have that app that tells you every day or every week? Like, no, I don't have it. It wasn't that smart. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, so I had books and I read my books. I read, I read the little updates every week of what was going on, but those things were good, but they didn't prepare me for birth in any way. Um, my class that I took though was very helpful. So my husband and I enrolled for a class at the hospital, And it was good. It was very much a broad education. So it was more Lamaze leaning, which is like, if you're not familiar with that, it's more of the breathing and like the, like the kinds of things I think sort of what you see, maybe a glimpse of what you see when you like watch a movie with a mom going into labor, how she's practicing her breathing, going through the process. And that was more what that class was like. And I am hesitant to say like a movie or show because movies and shows always make birth scary. And this class didn't make birth scary, but she was very real. So this is not going to be easy. And she had, it was myself and my husband both went to the class and we practiced all of the things there. And I practiced the breathing and stuff at home some too, but she also set people up to know that you ultimately the goal is a baby here. 
And so when you're in the hospital and you're going through labor, if something changes and you have to change your, you know, your plan to being something different than you had originally planned, so be it. The goal is a baby, uh, which sounded great, except there was, there's this very stubborn part of me or determined part. I don't know which we want to call it. <laughs> I guess it depends uh, on the situation. <laughs> probably, probably that, that said though, well, okay, you can tell me that things are going to be different when the time comes, but that's not how it's going to be for me. I'm going to have my baby in the way that I planned, of course, right? As every first time mom thinks. And I did write out, she helped us write an exceptional birth plan. So that really helped me with the process. And my birth plan even included things such as, do not ask me if I want an epidural ever. Do not ask me ever if I want any pain medication because I don't. And I knew that in that moment, I might change my mind. And so I had that in my birth plan. And I also had prepared my husband. If they say, you know, do, do we want to do an epidural? Please say, no, she doesn't be the voice for me because this is what my sane, present, fully here self is saying. I don't know what I'll be saying when I'm in birth. So that's kind of what the preparation looked like of getting ready for birth. And then when the time actually came, uh, I felt like I was very well prepared. It was everything. It was everything I would have expected out of a hospital birth, which was all that I knew. I didn't know anything about home births or birth centers or anything like that. At that time, I literally, I literally had never heard of anyone doing a home birth or, or a birth center birth or anything different than a hospital. And so I already felt like I was kind of strange doing things naturally in a hospital because most people I knew said, Oh yeah, I go to the hospital and then sign me up for my epidural. As soon as I can get it, give it to me and I'll move on with things. But, but it went smoothly. I had my birth plan. We went by all of the things. It was surprising that laboring the way that I did, which was mostly still in the bed, we watched a movie, uh, and I expected that it was going to be longer because that was one of the things I had been told for your first baby. You're probably looking at about two centimeters, an hour of dilation or something like that. I think. So when I got there, my water had already broken at home. So I labored for a while at home and I didn't even tell my husband cause I knew he'd be so stressed if he knew like first time dad, you know, so I thought I'll just tell him I'm taking a bath and <laughs> That's fine. And then, um, yeah, it was definitely not just a bath. It was for sure laboring and it was pretty intense enough to break my water. And we got to the hospital and I found out I was only three centimeters, which I thought, Oh, only three. That's a long way to go. I'm going to be here for like a lot of hours. Well, it was a few hours, but it was a few hours of quicker, intenser labor. I just kept thinking, I guess it's going to be more than this. I guess it's going to be more. I guess it's going to be more because I knew it would get more intense as time went on. And then when I had them check me at one point though, we found out I was already at nine. And so, well, and I back up, I just said something that took me to my current birth experiences. When I had them check me, when I'm in the hospital, I didn't ever have them do things. They came and did things. So right. 
if I needed something, of course they would have done it for me, but in my hospital birth. So when I got there for Lincoln's birth, this is for my first Lincoln, they immediately hooked me up to an IV. So I got a port put in, I had an actual IV in. And so I was attached to something. I had monitors around my belly to be monitoring his heartbeat and to make sure that he was safe through everything. And they immediately checked to see how dilated I was and would be coming in and checking that every so often and checking the monitors to see how his readings were. Now, having had different birth experiences, I realized that doesn't have to be the case every time. And that all of those things create a very different than natural space. Uh, when I think about our body moving towards a peaceful experience, you know, monitors on me, IVs in me, beeping around me, none of those things speak to peace to my heart. And I'm so thankful that my uh, instructor for our birth class did an excellent job at preparing us for what we could do to make our space the safest we would feel possible. And however we would feel best at peace. And so I did all the things I could. I brought in a candle warmer with, oh my goodness. Like I said, my natural self has changed a lot from then till now. It was like legitimately a Bath and Body Works candle. (laughs) We live and learn. (laughs) Whatever. Again, my like naive youthful self. Now I would like have a horrible headache if I had a Bath and Body Works candle burning strong in the room with me but I had that. I had my soft socks and, um, but not a whole lot else, a comfortable gown that I could wear after birth, but not a whole lot else to bring me into that peaceful place. Anyhow. So she checked me. That's where we were in the story. And I was at nine. And so she said, Oh my goodness, we need to call the doctor. You're getting close. And do you want us to get you a wheelchair to take you to the, the, the delivery room? Cause I was still just in a check-in room. Oh, wow. Yeah. They did not expect things to move that quickly, but I thought, wait a minute, a wheelchair that's for people who are sick or people who are hurt. And I was never going to be one to be moved places during my birth. I was going to walk and I'm about to have the baby. So I, I said, oh no, I'll walk. I'm fine. And she looked at me like, are you kidding me? You're going to walk all the way down the hall. She's in, she said, the room's all the way down at the end. And I said, it's fine. I'll walk. And so I started to get up and she was so sweet. She said, oh, honey, sit down for just a second. You I know you don't care right now, but let me get you another robe to cover the back of your body because I was wearing a hospital robe, you know, that just ties in the back and she said, I know you don't care now, but you probably will in a few hours if you walked down the hall like that. Dear, dear woman, she puts a rope on my back and we're wheeling down the IV thing with us and making our way down the hall. And I stopped for a couple contractions, but made it all the way down and, uh, got settled in to deliver. And, um, when I delivered, it was a typical hospital delivery that I, that it was all that I knew. So I get in the bed and once the doctor got there a little bit later, Um, they, they told me, you know, when I was dilated to 10, okay, you know, when you're ready, you can go ahead and push. And, um, then I had my feet up in the stirrups on my back, all those things. And when I was ready, I pushed and it took a few, 
you know, a handful of pushes and then he was born, but it was a very different experience, even delivering my baby. And this kind of was the same for, for, for both babies too, for my, my daughter as well, who was also in a hospital, my second one that they would tell me, okay, let's go ahead and do a big push this time. And, you know, and try to give it good, you know, hold, let's try to hold that for however many seconds. And so that was the way that delivering was, it was almost like I was being told what to do in the right timing. And then, and then he was born and he was healthy and I was, and I was fine. We did. I remember he did tell me later that they did an episiotomy and it was just part of the process. I didn't think anything of it um, because that's just what you do. And, but then my philosophy over time changed and my birth with the second wasn't exactly the same. Okay. So yeah, I was going to ask, you did continue into with your hospital experiences at that point. At that point, did you still not really realize that there was, there were other options or did you know, but you just didn't feel comfortable with that yet? Yeah. So I, I had heard about people having a home birth or having a birth center birth at that point, but my husband was definitely not interested in that idea. The idea of doing something, a birth out of a hospital was like, why would we do that? that we have hospitals to have babies in. This is safe. What if something happened to the baby? What if something happened to you? Why in the world would we take this experience out of this safe place? Right. So for him, the hospital was his safe place. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I guess it would make sense since you did have a baby successfully in the hospital and with that current perspective, successfully kind of all the way around, you know, when we don't realize that there are other options or other ways of viewing things like somebody coming in and saying, I'm going to check you versus would you, you know, would you mind if, you know, is that something you'd be, you would consider? Um, Yeah, it would, it would reason. Well, of course we'll continue this, but it sounds like for you between that first birth and that second hospital experience, you, the wheels were already in motion and you were already changing. So what kind of changes took place inside of you? Yeah. So one of them, a friend recommended a book called, I believe it was called childbirth, the natural way. I'll link it down below. It's a Bradley method book and it's old. The pictures are like so early nineties or late eighties. Uh, but, but the philosophies are on point. And she recommended this book when I was early in my pregnancy. So uh, an out of hospital birth, I don't want to say wasn't an option. It just wasn't really an open conversation at that point. So that's fine. And especially again, my determined self, like I've done this once I can do it again. And when I began reading through this book and reading about birthing in a different way, a Bradley method of birth is very different than a Lamaze method of birth. My Lamaze birth left me, uh, very, it was not, it was not relaxing. I was not present in my birth in the same way I was, I mean, I was there obviously, but I wasn't truly listening to my body. I was more trying to work through or work past each of my contractions. And this Bradley book took it to a very different place because it shifted my philosophy to saying, oh, this is a bad contraction to this is a really good, strong one. 
my body's working so well right now. My body is working towards having a baby. My body is working towards bringing my baby down and allowing my body to do its work and doing everything I could to relax myself and get my, my mind out of the way of stopping my body from doing the work that God created it to do, even from a spiritual place. Well, maybe not for my second birth, the spiritual place. I don't think fell into it till baby number three, maybe even number four, but, but it was very, very different. I had a very different control and, um, protectiveness, I'll say over my labor and delivery that I didn't have with my first. So I had the same uh, medical group, the same OB, and it was a group of three doctors. There were two men and one woman. And the, one of the men delivered my first baby. And it actually was so funny. It was the same man who delivered one of my brothers, my youngest brother. That so, is really, isn't that neat? All in the family. Uh, then, but then I had the woman for my second birth and she didn't really appreciate me questioning things even through my treatment, um, and my care, I shouldn't say treatment, but that is kind of what it's, what it felt like with her. I think that that's vulnerability in my heart coming out that it felt like I was being treated by her for something. And a pregnancy isn't something to be treated for a pregnancy. You walk with someone in the care that you're giving them through the baby that they're going to birth. And that's a very different thing than being treated for a problem, which is really more what it felt like. I felt like she was leading me up to a procedure. And when I would ask questions, appointments, she, I think one time she even said something along the lines of, did you Google that? And Uh. isn't that painful? (laughs) (laughs) And and what if I did? Is there any good information on the internet? (laughs) Yeah, I could find something reasonable there. And it wasn't, I I wasn't treated with a respect for my own body or for my own philosophy or for my own care. It was more that I should go along with the way that she does things and all along the way. So I really, I really was um, not excited when I found out that she was the doctor on call. I had a friend who was a nurse at the hospital where I would be delivering. So I asked when I found out that I would be, when I found out when I was going into labor, (laughs) when my body told me, Hey, you're going to have your baby. Um, (laughs) I sent her a message and said, Hey, what doctor's on call? And I found out it was the woman. And my first thought was I was disappointed. My second thought was, you know what? God has been in control this entire time. God knew who was going to be on call. God knew we prayed about where uh, God's timing for this baby. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a surprise to God. It's just a surprise to me. And then my, again, my determined self came out and I thought, well, guess she's going to see how babies are born naturally. (laughs) There you go. Well, this is going to be a blessing to you, madam. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to my birthing. You can watch how I do this. (laughs) So So anyhow, yeah. How did that experience play out once you arrived? Yeah. So I went in very differently. I think I was already close to transitioning when I got there. I labored more at home this time because again, I knew what it was and my water hadn't broken. And, uh, so I didn't feel a need to hurry to the hospital. And what, cause when I got there, I said, I, I think I want to go home. I don't think I want to do this. And my husband was like, well, 
we really need to, I think you're going to be good. Let's get set up. Um, and again, I had the same kind of setup as I did before. Oh, I had a playlist on my, on my, um, iPod, right. Uh, uh, of music too, that would be soothing to me and all of these things. And that's funny. Even that changed over time. My music changed from music with lyrics to just instrumental to then when I was at home, I didn't even have any music. I just had lyrics on the walls of songs that were hymns or choruses that would lead me to the Lord mm-hmm. instead of just getting me out of my own head. Right. Anyhow, get in there. And I had my birth plan had changed. I didn't want, I knew now, wait a minute, I'm a healthy person. I actually don't need this IV. Mm-hmm. And so I asked them, could we not do an IV? And they did say we needed to have a port open. That's just protocol at the hospital. So I needed to have a port ready in case they needed an IV, but I didn't have to have an IV in. And they still had to monitor me. I had to have the monitors the whole time, which I understand they can't be present with me all the time. Those nurses have multiple patients they're dealing with and other things that they're doing. They don't have the same presence that a midwife can to just be aware and be checking your baby and checking you as needed and watching for signs of distress or concern in any way they're in and out of the room. They're not just with me. So that's very different. So I understand those things are necessary differently. Um, but my labor looked different. So my, as I read this book about Bradley method, I wanted stillness. I wanted no interruption. I wanted, so every time they would come in to check me to like, see how dilated I was or anything like that, it felt like a disruption of what my body was trying to do. And even when I asked, I remember saying I needed to go to the restroom and they looked so concerned and surprised and that I wanted to get up and go to the restroom. But I thought, this is what my body's doing. This is normal. I'm doing all the right things. So they let me go and all of that. Well, when it was time to deliver my, and, and it went pretty quickly again, it went a little quicker than the time before. Uh, but my husband, I had been in all these different positions and even my husband was like, okay, we are going to have to lay down because this is, this room is not made for this. This is a hospital floor. You like the, the, he could tell the doctor was not going to accommodate me squatting in my bed or being in any kind of a different position. She said at one point, okay, you can do all of this now, but you know, when it's time to deliver, we'll have to lay down and put your feet up. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. When I thought on it later, I thought this is not your birth. This is my birth. This is my body and my birth. And even when it was time to deliver, um, it, I wanted to be slow. I wanted to feel my baby coming out, which was very different. I had no concept of that with my first birth, but with my second, I thought I want to experience this and not, not be missing the miracle that's taking place right now. And still though, all that this doctor knows in her space is to tell the mom, you know, okay, push, you know, push the baby out and telling me what to do and not allowing my body just to do what it would do. Anyhow, baby was born. It was fine. And um, they also wanted, that was the other thing they wanted to break my water because my water hadn't broken, but knowing what I knew, I thought you don't need to break my water. My water, my birth is progressing naturally. I'm moving forward. I'm getting closer to birth. So I told them I didn't want us to. And so my water didn't break until she was actually being born. Mm -hmm. And I was so thankful that they didn't push that on me in any way. Um, and she didn't, uh, do an episiotomy. And so 
but I did tear quite a bit because it's a very, again, I think the whole process of it is just very different. It's not a slow process or relaxed. I wasn't being coached how to push. I had never even been taught how to push. I didn't know there was, that was a thing I read. I mean, I read the books, um, but that was about it, but baby was born and baby was healthy and I was healthy and, and I healed relatively quickly. I didn't know anything different. I was very, I tore quite a bit. And so I had a lot of stitches and that was a lot of work with a new baby, with a new baby and a Mm three-year-old. Um, but that was all I knew. So that was baby number two. What a beautiful gift birth is and what a miracle that God allows us to be part of bringing his creation into the world, whether it be in a hospital through the regular system of ways of doing things or doing birth differently at a hospital or having a C-section in a hospital or adoption or birth at home in a bathtub (laughs) or birth in a field or birth in a car on the way to the hospital if you didn't leave quite in time. It's such a gift that God allows us as moms to be the first ones to be part of experiencing his creation in such a beautiful, uh, sacred way. And thank you for joining me today on our stories of our babies being born in hospitals. And I'm excited next week to come back with Caitlin again and hear about what our birth stories were like at home. I look forward to joining you for that. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.